It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Friday, April 28th, 2023. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. The Sitka Fire Department responded to a vehicle fire Wednesday evening out Halibut Point Road near Sandy Beach. 911 received a call about the fire shortly before 5 p.m. Six firefighters responded. By the time they arrived, the owner of the vehicle had extinguished the blaze. The cause of the fire is under investigation. According to Assistant Fire Chief David Johnson, the owner was working on the car with a torch when he accidentally hit something flammable and ignited the car. Firefighters made sure the fire was completely extinguished and returned to the hall shortly after 5 p.m. Firefighters from all over Alaska gathered in Sitka last week for a conference to learn from international and state fire and arson investigators. But in order to learn how to put out a fire or investigate its source, someone has to start one. This time, it was the arson investigators themselves. KCAW's Catherine Rose reports. A fire engine idles in the middle of a mostly empty gravel lot. It's parked next to what looks like a freshly constructed tiny home, except the sides of the house have been removed, revealing the contents of each petite room, just like a dollhouse. A recliner in one room, a television and a sofa in another, and a pink dog bed on the floor. A small fire starts to crackle behind the recliner. The blaze grows, and soon the house is engulfed in flames. And the people standing around it, including quite a few firefighters, won't put it out right away. They want this house to burn. This is called a burn cell exercise. It's part of a recertification and training course for fire and arson investigators across the state of Alaska. They came to Sitka in mid-April for their annual meeting and to learn about all of the hottest topics in fire today. Yeah, and a lot of times when you watch the movies, you'll see the guy throw the cigarette down and the whole thing goes up in flames. That's not accurate. Interesting. <laughs> go, go figure. That's Special Agent Don Dodsworth. She's one of the leading federal arson investigators in the country. She oversees arson and explosives for much of the West Coast, including Alaska. Dodsworth and her colleagues are the specialists local fire departments can call in if they need help with a complex fire investigation. Throughout the week, they trained attendees on a variety of topics, including a thorough look at what can actually be ignited by a cigarette. When you're looking at the fire cause, you, as an investigator, want to formulate a bunch of different hypotheses as to how the fire could have started. So the students have been learning uh, what types of substrates the cigarettes can actually ignite versus not, because there's a lot of myths out there, especially in the movies. Dodsworth has a PhD in forensic science, but she started her journey in a fire hall, like most of the training participants. I was a firefighter in New Jersey for 10 years. I did 10 years of structural firefighting and then 15 years of wildland firefighting. And while I was going to college for my undergraduate degree, I was an intern for ATF in New Jersey, and I interned with the certified fire investigator there. And as a, as a young kid going through college trying to figure out what I want to be when I grow up, which sometimes I still feel like I'm trying to figure that out, um, I actually was like, this is the best of both worlds. She comes to conferences like this one to provide guidance and training, but also to meet the people she could be working with in the event of an emergency in the region. 
I mean, these guys really drive everything that we do. As a fire investigator, it's critical for me not only to go out and meet my state and locals, because I, I don't want to meet them for the first time at the scene of a tragedy. Throughout the conference, investigators spent hours on topics like how to approach fires with fatalities to the challenges lithium-ion batteries present in an arson investigation. That's really a hot topic nowadays, just because as you see on the news all the time, there's all kinds of battery fires related to scooters and vehicles and laptops and cell phones. And we've had planes that have had to be diverted in emergency landing because of these lithium ion batteries. So it's, it's a hazard for the fire investigators and the firefighters, but it's also a large hazard for the public. The firefighters aren't just learning how to stop fires. They're learning how to pick up on subtle details after a fire has occurred to determine the cause. That's what the burn cell exercise was all about, setting the scene for investigative training. They had to start with a building that was as realistic as possible. Sitka Fire Chief Craig Warren says Doddsworth's team sent them the plans for the structure, and the assistant fire chief spent two weeks building it. And they collected furniture donations from the community. We try to make we, the compartment or the, the room look like uh, a functional room in your house with similar materials. Uh, if we were using couches from like 1970, we wouldn't have the burning that we have nowadays because we, we didn't have the plastics back then. We, house fires didn't go up near as fast as they do now. The instructors then set each cell on fire separately, using a different method for each one, like a cigarette in a waste paper basket, or a Molotov cocktail. They do this all the time and they're still like kids. The work they do is far from easy, and it often goes hand in hand with tragedy. But tonight, at the Granite Creek Pit, the mood is lighthearted. The investigators laugh and revel a bit in the process of lighting each flame and the firefighting that's about to happen in a safe, contained environment. As the fire intensifies, cell phone cameras come out. One firefighter smiles and takes a selfie. After a few minutes of burning, firefighters douse the blaze and a black cloud billows forth out of the cell. Their colleagues cheer them on. Days later in the training, fire investigators will return to the site of the burn cell to examine the charred rooms and try to determine whether the fires were started by a piece of paper stuffed inside a toaster or a sparking laptop battery. But not likely a cigarette tossed in a tub of gasoline. That only works in the movies. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. The U.S. Army Corps of Engineers will reconsider certain aspects of the Pebble Company's permit proposal to build a mine at the headwaters of Bristol Bay. The announcement comes just three months after the Environmental Protection Agency vetoed the project through a separate process. KDLG's Izzy Ross has more. Dennis McLaren was the region's EPA administrator during the Obama presidency and now works at a law firm in Seattle. It's a bit surprising and a bit confusing. The EPA exercised its authority under the Clean Water Act to stop Pebble in January. It determined that such a mine would have unacceptable adverse effects on salmon fishery areas around the mine site, and many opponents of the project hailed that as the final blow. 
McLaren says that decision precludes any permit issued by the Army Corps. EPA has now made a final determination, and so in any event, the Corps could not issue a 404 permit for the mine. So it is a bit surprising and a bit confusing as to you know why the Corps entertained the appeal and, and issued you know a, a remand on it. In 2020, the Corps rejected Pebble's federal permit application to build a large open pit copper and gold mine. The company appealed that decision. In its Tuesday announcement, the Corps' Pacific Ocean Division engineer, Kirk Gibbs, said he found specific portions of Pebble's appeal warranted another look, although that doesn't mean the Corps will reauthorize Pebble's permit. Pebble spokesperson Mike Heatwell says the announcement shows the company's appeal holds water, and he says they want the mine to meet environmental requirements for permitting. A mine in Alaska and in the United States has to coexist with that fishery. You know, we view that as very important. We know that for the residents of Bristol Bay, it's an important not only commercial but cultural uh, resource, and all of that has to be factored into this project. At the heart of the Corps' decision is whether its permit denial adequately assesses the risks the mine would pose to the environment. Mine opponents like United Tribes of Bristol Bay Executive Director Alana Hurley say it's another reason why they are pursuing watershed-wide protections through federal legislation. Not only to address this project um, with this company that is refusing to give up, but the many other active mining claims throughout the region. The Army Corps' Alaska District now has to review the decision to deny Pebble a federal permit and take the EPA's veto into consideration in the process. In Dillingham, I'm Izzy Ross. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News. And now taking a look at the weather for Sitka for today, Friday, April 28, 2023. Today, rain high near 48, east winds 5 to 10 miles per hour, chance of precipitation is 80%. Tonight, rain likely, mainly before 2 a.m., mostly cloudy with a low around 43, northeast winds around 10 miles per hour, chance of precipitation is 60%. And now looking forward to this weekend. For Saturday, mostly sunny with a high near 59, northeast winds around 10 miles per hour. Saturday night, Hours likely, mainly after 2 a.m., mostly cloudy with a low around 43, southeast winds around 10 miles per hour, chance of precipitation is 60%. And for Sunday, showers likely, mostly cloudy with a high near 48, chance of precipitation is 70%. Sunday night, a 30% chance of rain before 11 p.m., partly cloudy with a low around 42. You're tuned in to your community radio station, Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Good morning. 